0: All right, so let's just get straight into our thinking point for this morning. Earlier this month, informal traders in the De Villiers Trading Precinct, this is in the Johannesburg CBD, were prohibited from selling their goods. It's as uh, JMPD officers were sent by the MMC of Economic Development to shut down operations indefinitely. Now, you'd remember that um, the Joburg MMC for Economic Development had announced that they're going to be specific. Economic zones, as they describe them, that would be set up in parts of the city, and informal traders would only be allowed um, to do their work within these set zones. Now, the traders have approached um, have approached lawyers to try and assist them in finding out what the constitutionality of this action is. Kululiwe Bengu is an attorney at the Socioeconomic Research Institute who is representing the informal traders. Kululiwe, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kezi.
1: Thank you for having me. I
0: I think before we go anywhere, just give us a brief background of this matter that you're now handling.
1: Oh, okay. Um, So this matter dates back to 2020. 12, when the then-mayor, Park Staru, had had um, an implementation of what they called Operation Clean Sweep. What this operation was, how this operation was introduced to the informal traders was that we need to verify everyone's trading so that we regularize trading in the city. So every trader in the city must go and verify themselves, and the traders went to verify. But despite having been verified, um, between September and October 2013, they were then removed off the street, the goods confiscated, and they were not working until 5 December, when the Constitutional Court granted an order saying that the city is prohibited from interfering with the traders' rights. And that court order still stands today. In 2014, April, the Constitutional Court then gave a judgment, Explaining the order, um, which explained why the city's conduct was unlawful and that the verification that the city sought to do could have been done with informal traders working. It didn't need to be done while people are out on the streets and not earning a living. And since then, the city and traders have had a relationship. The traders have been on the city's um, virus through trading because the city knows them they're trading lawfully. They were given permits by the city before operation came to 2013. Until last week, um, 19 July, when the city, well, the JNPD, (laughs) on the order of the MNC, prohibited traders to trade. And it's on the strength of the case from 2013 and the constitutional court order that we approached the high court to seek Relief for restoration and to find the sitting content of the constitutional court order.
0: So, so, effectively, what happened on the 19th of July is what? That these traders had their goods confiscated, that they were told to pack up and leave. Uh, give us the details.
1: So, on, on 19th July, traders um, arrive on their trading stores at about as early as half past four. And when they arrived to, you know, put on their stalls and their trading goods, they were welcomed by an overwhelming number of JMPD officers who refused for them to put their stalls and to put their stocks and told them that they're not allowed to trade. Um, when they inquired why they're not allowed to trade, they were told the MMC has given the order and that the MC later in the day would come and address them as to why they're not allowed to trade. So no goods were confiscated, though it's just not even allowed to even begin trading mm. from that day.
0: Was it in a particular district of the CBD
1: where this took place? Yes. So it was in in the presence of um Deville Street, Plain Street and Sophie de Bruyne Street and the streets in between, which would be King George Street, Elo Street and Cubed Street. So all of the traders in those streets we're not allowed to trade.
0: It's quite a a busy part of town. You know, you've got uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people walking through there on a day-to-day basis. What has been happening since the nineteenth? Have these traders still not been allowed um, to set up shop?
1: So the city has had a very abrupt system where some streets were allowed to trade back. So regardless of whether they verified or not, because when the may the MNC came to address the traders at about half past one on nineteenth July, he informed them that the city was undertaking a verification process of informal traders and that everyone would have to go verify at to Park the following day. Some traders went and some didn't, but regardless of who went to verify or not, it seems specific streets were picked and allowed to then trade again um and what remained um, prohibited was DeVila Street and in some streets every morning the traders had to struggle with going back and being sent by the GMPD officers. For example, in King George Street between Sophie Digway and DeVila Street, the traders there who sell Amarquina and other things, every morning when they went back, despite that they verified, every morning when they went back, they were returned and prohibited by the JMPG officers.
0: And and what impact would you say that this has had on your clients, the inability to to trade on a day to
1: day basis? So Kate it, it caused them uh, undue hardship as you would imagine. Informal traders are at a very low margin of the economy, they live on a day to day income and a day's worth of income to them. It determines whether they're able to feed their families, whether they're able to secure their homes. Most of the traders are renting in the inner city and an inability to make a living for at least a week. It means there's many things they can't do. They face evictions if at the end of the month they are unable to pay for the rent. So that's the hardship that has caused on them and their families.
0: When it comes to what you are now taking before the country's courts, what are you going to be asking the courts to do?
1: So when we approached the courts, uh, we had asked for the courts, number one, to restore the traders to their stores as they were before 19 July, and number two, to find the city and its office barriers in contempt of the constitutional court order because that court order is clear. They're not supposed to interfere with the rights of the informal traders, and they did that. Um, but what happened is the matter was shut down for yesterday and the city settled with the occupiers, um, allowing them back to trade and they said when they do the verification process, they will inform the traders ahead of time what that process would entail, allow them to make representations on that process, and when the process actually commences, it will be in situ, situation- which means they'll be verifying traders while they continue to make a living, not taking them out on the streets and having to wait for some verification process. Mm. And then the parties went to court with that draft order, and it was made a court order yesterday by Judge Riley. Uh,
0: Unfortunately, what we see here is yet another example of what seems to be the continued harassment of informal uh, I- informal traders, particularly in, in the city of Johannesburg?
1: Definitely, Cathy. Um, I think the best way to describe it is just criminalizing the poor because just two weeks before this matter, the informal traders at Park Station were also prohibited from trading without reason. So this it seems to be harassing and targeting the poor. Are most vulnerable in this volatile economy.
0: And what do you make of then this idea? Because uh, the city talks about, you know, officials in the city rather often talk about um, the fact that they cannot allow people to set up trade anyway. They are also involved in operations that are to restore the city, and some of these include a clean city now there's been lots of different arguments about what that particularly means um but ultimately you know the the insinuation there is that informal traders are contributing to what then is described as what would be what ne- what would need to be cleaned out in the city? I mean, you talk about Operation Clean Sweep, and even that, in, you know, th- that 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 the name of that operation and of itself says quite a lot.
1: So, Katie, um, I, I think the unfortunate thing about this is the idea from the officials and the politicians of a clean su- city. It involves poor people outside the city. We have seen this in the region of who reside in the Lap building because they've got nowhere else to go. It, it, it's very unfortunate that our, our our state believes that for us to a clean city we need to remove poor people out of it. It's almost reminiscent of the apartheid system, which the constitutional court and the constitution has worked very hard to try and address those injustices. And what's even worse with the case of informal traders is the court has said many times, all the way to the constitutional court, that the right to make a living cannot be separated from the right to dignity. And stripping traders of their right to make a living is essentially taking their dignity away because they're unable to house themselves or or close themselves. What's even worse is we're not talking about people who just woke up one morning and opened shop in the inner city. These are people who are known by the city. We're given permits by the city before 2013 because since Operation Clean Sweep the city has not given out new permits for trading. But these are people who are on the city system, and the city has woken up one day and decided it doesn't want poor people because it wants the city to be clean. The MMT has said himself, um, when he was addressing the traders on 19 July that investors are not going to come because of informal traders that are there. So it seems to suggest that the city is only a place for the rich and not for the poor.
0: Kululiwe Bengu, attorney at the Socioeconomic Research Institute. Let me thank you for your time this morning.